Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades podcast, episode 247. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And what a show I have for you today. We're all quarantined. We all miss baseball. Me, very, very desperately. So what do I do? I bring you last week's episode with Eric Newsbaum. Terrific book. Cannot wait to read it. It's called Stealing Home. But let's get to this week. And my guest, I have been pursuing for a year. We talk about it. You can look at my phone. No, you can't. You can't look at my phone because none of us are allowed to get together in person. But for more than a year, I have been pursuing Ryan Spillborgs. That's right. Spilly, former Colorado Rockies outfielder, current Colorado Rockies broadcaster, current radio personality on Sirius XM, MLB Network, and just an amazingly talented, funny, accessible, cool guy. I've been a fan of Spilly forever. He is absolutely one of my top three Rockies of all time. And it's not just his hard-nosed play. It's not just his hustle. It's that he seems like a cool, accessible, normal dude. Like, I love that in a player. He always had personality. And we get into that quite a bit in this week's episode. I ask him, hey, did you always have designs on being a broadcaster? Because even when you were a player, I used to see you on Rockies All Access. Which, by the way, Rockies All Access, if anyone from AT&T Sportsnet is listening to this, you should bring back Rockies All Access because that was a dynamite show. I know it's not your property, but bring it back in some form because that show was amazing. And Spilly was on it a ton. And I say in this episode, I remember him doing like mailbag episodes. He went to a deli with Eric Burns. Boo, Eric Burns. My favorite thing is NLCS 2007. The last play is Todd raising his glove in triumph and Eric Burns face down in the dirt. Fantastic. But Spilly, I always gravitated to. I remember reading his dispatches in the Denver Post from when he was with the Cebu Lions in Japan. And when he became a broadcaster for the Rockies, I go, perfect. That is flawless. So just on a whim last year, I remember thinking, I'm like, you know what? Give someone the opportunity to say yes. And so I just reached out to Spilly. His DMs were open on Twitter. So I just sent him a DM of all things on Twitter. I said, hey, man, I've got this show. I think it's really good. Would you be on it? He goes, yeah, here's my phone number. And from there, we've been texting for the last year, trying to find a time that lined up for both of us. So alas, one of the benefits of quarantine, our schedules opened up a little bit, and we got a half hour together. And one of the things you'll learn from this episode is Spilly is very, very busy. He says no to almost nothing, including my little slice of the internet here. And what a great philosophy. When you're a guy who's been a player, who's a broadcaster, who's on TV, it's like, hey, I don't need to be aloof. I don't need to be super guarded with my time. He was really super generous with me, and I think that comes across in this episode. Now, I have one mea culpa here. Early on in the episode, we're kind of just getting to know each other a little bit because this is the first time we've actually spoken kind of face-to-face as much as anyone can be face-to-face on a Zoom meeting. And I say I'm at Game 3 of the World Series. It's the one where Jorvit Torrealba hits the home run in the rain. That's incorrect. I was not at Game 3 of the World Series. I was at Game 3 of the National League Championship Series against the Diamondbacks. That's where Jorvit Torrealba hit the home run in the rain after fouling off a billion pitches. But I think I was a little bit nervous, so I said World Series, I meant NLCS. A small thing, but potentially important. And in this half hour, you get a really good sense for the kind of dude Spilly is. And that's hardworking, friendly, personable, 
funny, cool, forthcoming. It's amazing. I could not be more thrilled with how this turned out because I've been looking to have Spilly on my show forever. Even though I only reached out to him a year ago, I've been thinking about it for a long, long time. So the fact that it finally came to fruition, the fact that it took quarantine for it to happen, we're all looking for silver linings right now. This is one of mine. I hope you enjoy this show as much as I enjoyed putting it together for you. Now, if you dig it, you could do me a favor. Hit that like button on Facebook when I post it there. Hit that share button. Show it to all your friends. Show them that you support this show. Retweet it on Twitter. Share it on LinkedIn. Copy it into an email and forward it to your email list like it's 2003. Whatever you want to do, anything you can do to support the show, I would greatly appreciate it because I believe in my content. I am thrilled to be able to sit here and bring you content during times where we're all looking for a little bit of diversion, a little bit of distraction, and even when we're all out in real life again, when we're all able to go to places. You guys remember places? I kind of do. I will continue to bring you the most top-quality shows that I possibly can, and you can help me do that by spreading the word. So whether that's on social media, the handles are J-O-A-T-Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. You can do it by rating and reviewing us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartMedia, or any other podcatcher that's out there. Hit that subscribe button. Subscriptions also help. Brand new episodes will come directly to your inbox. You don't have to do anything. But if you like this episode, if you like other episodes I've done, help spread the love. It means the world to me. And even if you don't do that, I'm going to continue to bring you the best content that I can. I adore you. Thank you for letting me be a part of your life. And it's because of you that I can bring you top quality content like Spilly. Spilly! Now then, enough stalling. Let's get to episode 247 of the podcast. It's Ryan Spilborg's Spilly. Former Colorado Rockies outfielder, current Colorado Rockies broadcaster, current personality on MLB Radio on Sirius XM, and his episode starts right now. Well, uh, lockdown is interesting. I mean, I'm letting myself go. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to get a haircut until um, probably August or something like that. So I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm going to turn into Castaway. I'm going to look like Tom Hanks when it's all said and done. But as far as you know, as a as somebody that's a broadcaster or a baseball player, where um, I haven't had summers or this time frame to be home, right, and with my family. It's been really good quality, you know, time with the family. And, you know, like I, I think there's a lot of things in, that have been put in perspective because of what we're going through. It's a bit of the trimming of the fat, you know, like mm-hmm. realizing, all right, do you need to have this amount of stuff or um, do you have to go out and eat all the time? Was it important to watch this amount of television or whatever, you know, like, sure. and, and you're finding out that we're outside a lot more. I'm we're in the backyard playing catch a lot more, playing soccer a lot more, reading books a lot more. You know, there's, there's been far more connections to each other with my family uh, because of what has occurred. And it's been all good. It's been, you know, far more benefit than negative. Obviously the rest of with everything else that's going on in the world, I'm extremely concerned for the well being of other people. But if there's a silver lining for us in my, my family specifically is that, we've come together in a, 
in a nice way. Well, I think that's philos- I mean, that's a very philosophical view. And what's funny is, so this is Ryan Spielborg's former Rockies player, Rockies broadcaster, MLB radio personality. You've you've got a ton going on. You, I mean, you and I have been working for like a year trying to set this up, yeah. <laughs> which uh, I'm grateful for the time. And so, thank you for not getting tired of me being so persistent. Well, no, I didn't, and I encouraged you. I told you. I said, "Hey, just just stay stay with it because it, I'm not blowing you off. I'm not trying to uh, to duck it. It's just like my schedule is is bonkers. It is totally. It, it, it's there. There's times where because I I am doing probably a little bit more than I should be. Um, I'm engaged with like projects and radio and television, trying to be a decent uh, human, trying to be a, a parent, <laughs> right." trying to be a, a husband, you know, I was taking classes online to trying to finish up uh, my degree, which is sitting right over my left shoulder, Nice, uh, which is great. And then I started up uh, online school at university of Denver right now, which is taking up a lot of time again. So uh, I appreciate you sticking with it. I'm excited to, to be a part of this. Hell yeah, man. Well, that's fantastic because I've been a fan of yours for a long time. And I mean, I, I've, Grew up here, so I'm Colorado native, so I've loved the Rockies since 1993 when they started. It was 2007, I was 26 years old, and I was starting to just live on my own. And I was at that world, I was at game three of the World Series that year. So that was the one in the rain where Yorvi hit that home run after fouling off like a zillion pitches. Um, and so those teams were near and dear to my heart. And my question to you is, it's funny because one of my favorite shows at the time was Rockies All Access. Oh, yeah. And you were still a player back then, but you were featured on that quite a bit. Like, you you would have, like, these mailbag segments. And I remember one time you went to a deli with, like, Eric Burns. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And I thought, huh, Eric Burns, gross. Uh, <laughs> just because, you know, he, he was kind of uh, playing the heel here in Colorado quite a bit, I think, uh, is a fair assessment. But um, did you have designs on broadcasting from the get-go, or is that something that just sort of came naturally as an outgrowth of your personality? Uh, great question. So as a player or in general, I've never been somebody that turns things down. I, I think, I, you know, just based on schedule, you can see it. Like, I'm, I'm very active to begin with. I, I don't sit around... Uh, when people offer opportunities or, you know, the chance to do something, I, I don't turn it down. I usually try to find time or offer to do it. You know, as a baseball player, you, you understand that the game is, is very short lived. You also have to keep the blinders on. You don't want to, uh, make sure that you're doing too much because then you can't focus on, on the task at hand. But, you know, there, there's a bunch of times where somebody would walk up to me and go, Hey, do you have five minutes to, to chat? I was like, sure. Hey, do you want to go? to the boys and girls club on Tuesday to go, you know, throw the baseball around or go talk to the kids. I was like, yeah, sure. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> right. uh, here's, here's my window. And, you know, without kids at that time, it, uh, my, my day was, you know, wide open until I got to the field. So I never turned things down. I never had the idea that I was going to turn into a broadcaster. That was never my intent. I thought I was going to play baseball forever. And, you know, like some of my teammates called me red light spilly, <laughs> which was funny because, you know, like I, I didn't turn things down. And, you know, if somebody, if one of our PR directors came down and they said, Hey, we need somebody to do something. They go, go ask Spilly. And I was, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm fine with it because there's going to be a point in your career or your life where, Nobody's going to want to talk to you. 
And right. it, it's not that I needed the attention. I really didn't. I don't, I don't care. I'm totally fine not being on television, not doing radio. I'm, I'm fine with it. But if somebody asks me to do something and I have time to give, I'm going to say yes. Totally. So what ended up happening as my baseball career started to wind down, I got a phone call from Kenny Miller and Kenny Miller is now the executive, the executive producer with altitude sports with the nuggets and with the avalanche. And he's somebody that I, I respect, you know, really, really highly. And Kenny was, um, was with root sports and he was with root sports when it was Fox, uh, yeah, Fox sports net, Fox sports net, uh, which was, you know, which represented the Rockies for a bunch of years. And he calls me, and he says, hey, are you interested in being a broadcaster? And I said, no, I'm still playing. And it was after my last year in Japan, which is 2013, uh, which was a miserable year in the sense that for six months I was away from my family. Yeah. So my wife and two kids, uh, my kids were two and three at the time. And it was just, it was, it was a great experience because I loved the culture. I loved playing baseball there. Uh, I love soaking it in, but it was also miserable because I was missing out on, on being a dad, being a husband. And to be honest, there's a chance if, if I continue to play baseball in Japan, the way that uh, the family dynamic was, I'm probably not right. with my wife and kids right now. I mean, they were, they were really at their wits end. So um, I told Kenny, I was not interested in broadcasting, which kind of bucks what I normally say. I like, yeah, sure. But he said, sit down with me, have some lunch. Uh, I have a path for you, and if you are interested in it, let's discuss it. And so I said, okay. So had this meeting with with Clay Palu, who is now uh, he's he's one of the main guys with uh, AT&T Sportsnet, and with Kenny, and they sat sat down with me, and they said, uh, so we have this path for you. We'd like you to consider broadcasting. If you want to keep playing baseball, by all means, keep playing baseball, but. If you you know take this opportunity, we can see big growth for you, and we can picture you in the in the booth as a as a broadcaster calling Colorado Rockies baseball games because we would love to have a player that played for this organization. And um, to be honest, that's a little bit younger. And uh, you know George Frazier, who I admire and I love, and he's been such a great mentor for me, also knew that he was getting towards the end of his rope as a broadcaster. And so it was pretending it was presenting itself as a, as an opportunity for a young broadcaster to start shaping into uh, the heir apparent sat and listened to it really thought hard. It took five months for me to make a decision wow. on, on whether I was going to move on from baseball. I trained the entire off season in Denver at Coors field and worked out with every intention of, of being a major leaguer, well, probably on a minor league deal. And by uh, the end of January, uh, I decided, you know, with, with so many phone calls, calls to contemporaries that I played against, that I, that I respected, I reached out and picked the brains of a lot of baseball players that turned into broadcasters and asked for some advice. And uh, at the end of it, I decided that my family and being in Denver and the opportunity to broadcast for however long you want to broadcast for was a, was a better path than potentially going back overseas or 
uh, taking a chance with the minor league deal to sign with whatever team it right. and force the family to bounce around. So that was the decision. Again, like I never had in my mind that I was ever going to be a broadcaster. Never, never, yeah. ever. Uh, it just it, it just boiled down to an opportunity. And at the very end of this, one of the, my favorite parts about this story, I asked Kenny, I go, hey, why are you picking me? <laughs> And he goes, well, you know, you have been on television. You, you have done some stuff before, but you were nice to people. And mm. I go, what? <laughs> goes, yeah, you were, you were nice to the people around you. You were nice to, um, you were nice to some of the, the TV guys, the camera, camera two guys, the A2s, the, the different people that have no, you know, they're not wearing the tie. They're not the executive. They're right. just, they're, they're the average Johns, right? Like right, it's, totally. And I was, I was just happened to be nice to him. And he says in our industry, because that's going to be your new team. Uh, it's really important that you treat those people with respect because, you know, if you watch a broadcast on television, you might see three people on your television that are the broadcasters, but realistically there's about 45 people working yeah. uh, but, uh, to put a broadcast together. And it's, um, it's the people behind the scenes that really make it go, not the people with the microphone. No, no well, I mean, you're all pushing in the same direction. And so that, I mean, I, I think that's interesting too. And that leads me to another question in that you're nice to people. And I, that's basically my guiding philosophy is work hard and be nice to people. So I'm wondering when you are talking to players, when you're interviewing them after the game or during the game or whatever, do you ever have hesitation about asking them a tough question or is it easier because you were there before for someone like me, if I'm interviewing an athlete or a musician or something that I haven't done, there's always trepidation. Like, well, you don't know, you don't understand the ins and outs of the game. You don't know sort of what we go through. And so the questions can be perceived as unfair. Whereas you, you've actually been there. Is that a way for you to assert some credibility or are you a little bit more guarded in the questions that you ask players? No, I think if if I think over time you learn that as long as the question isn't personal, if I mm. if I not like you make this mistake all the time, <laughs> uh, you know, like why did you do it? Why did you do that again? You know, right. it, as long as it's not personal, uh, I mean, I understand the game. I know what it feels like to be on both sides of it. The the questions have to be direct, and they have to, you know, you, you're trying not to ever put. Uh, words in somebody's mouth. So I don't want to say how difficult was it to face this, this pitcher when you know that his slider is, is really, really good. Um, because he was like, yeah, you know, like you said, it's really difficult to face a guy with a slider that's really good. Uh, a better question would be when you're facing a, this pitcher, what's your approach against him? And then allow him to answer the question, which is, you know, he, he's a really good pitcher. He's got a great right. slider. I'm trying to look for a baseball. Uh, the credibility of being being somebody that's lived it, it the credibility is not within the questions, but it's within the trust between me and, and the guys that are talking to me. And I think that's that's a real big difference because I, I don't think you have to have experienced everything to be able to ask good pointed questions. But if you are in an industry where uh, there's a lot of people that come and go that not only are they coming into your uh, imagine me coming into your house right now <laughs> right and interviewing you and then just leaving you and never saying hi to you ever again right uh, 
that's what it feels like for a baseball player. I don't know who the heck you are. You're in my house. You're going to ask me some questions and then you're going to leave. I'm not that way. I'm around the team the entire time. So my, my ability, even, even on other, other, you know, other teams that come into town, I go and I say hello to people. I go and just check in so that I might not even ask you or need a question from you. I'm just saying like, Hey, how are you doing? How's the family? Totally. It, in my business, so I do like PR for professionally, and there's an old saying, when you need a friend, you can't make a friend. And so just going and saying, I have no agenda here. I'm just interested in getting to know you. We're in the same orbit here. Like, tell me your story. Like, let's, you know, this this isn't even on the record, but doing some of that baseline human-to-human connection will yield a lot of dividends and is is certainly helpful in the way you're describing it. Yeah, I got that from... You know, from talking to other broadcasters, other PR guys, uh, and just knowing that, you know, as a player, I did have, you know, personal insight of making sure that uh, I wanted to remain connected to the players so that there was a level of trust that they knew I wasn't going. I'm, I'm not trying to expose you. I'm, I'm going to ask you tough questions at times. Realistically, when you think about you know, asking an athlete a question about a sport, you know, there's times where you're just like, what do you, what are you really asking this question for? Right. Right. Who is this answering to, you know, like the game, if you lose a game, the game's lost. So, (laughs) you know, like if I, if I ask you the next day, I was like, Hey, do you remember what, uh, what Nolan said about the game and the loss? And you're going to say, no, exactly. And it was like, yeah. Okay. So the, (laughs) the immediate reaction from a fan is like, Oh my God, the team lost. Like, I can't believe they lost. So you go and you ask a question because it's it's what the fan wants to hear. What you know? Why did you fail? Why did you lose to this team? You know? Why were you not able to make that play? And you ask the player that, and they're going to give you the answer. But are you really going to remember that the next day? The answer is no. I, I ask people that all the time. I said, hey, did you watch uh, Nolan's interview last night about about his at bat? And they're like, nope. <laughs> or they go, yeah, I saw it, but I don't remember what he said. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly right. Um, so, you know, we we tend to put so much weight on opinions and reactions to to results. It's almost as if we're you're just kind of running through the motions because that's what it's always been as a status quo. And I think realistically, if, if we were to ask questions more about the process of how they you know, how they prepare and things like that kind of gets more to the root of, of how somebody's performing. I, I think those are better questions, but just in our industry in general, uh, we always want a reaction to a result where we're not paying attention to the answer anyways. Uh, that's a good point. That's, I mean, that's an interesting paradox too. Okay. I know we have limited time, so I'm going to ask you uh, a few lightning round questions if you're cool with that. Yep. Okay. So, First one, uh, favorite Rockies commercial because those were those did a great job of sort of establishing the personality of the team. Do you have a favorite one that stands out for you? Um, I think the first one I ever did was this uh, sunflower seed teaching one that I, I was personally in, and it it came from I got mic'd up for a game and I was teaching Jeff Francis how to chew sunflower seeds because he's never chewed sunflower seeds in his life, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and so. The entire commercial is literally the transcript of a conversation that Jeff and I had oh, that's awesome. during a Major League Baseball game. So it was real life. It was life imitating art or art imitating life. 
And uh, that one was really fun to do. That one was really fun to do because it, it was like legitimate and it was real. <laughs> the other one that stands out to me was the Todd Father one. That one's great. Uh, oh, you steal, you steal the show in that one. Because it, is that the one where Carlos is talking to Todd? The Todd Father one is is Holiday and Garrett Atkins, where they go in. Oh, and they, right. Yeah. yeah, I'm not in that one. That, but that still ranks right. as it. Todd Father one is is unbelievable. I was thinking of Todd Knows All or whatever it's called, but Carlos is asking him something, and you're staring at Todd as Carlos is machine gunning uh, Spanish at him. <laughs> And, yeah. uh, and your reaction at it, like you're, you're watching Todd, but you're kind of watching you. You're watching Todd, but you're watching Spilly. Like yep. that one was really funny. And then of course, Copper Bell, you know, when, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that was a bad idea. Bringing the llama into a major clubhouse. Who Terrible idea. That just thing, he pooped all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Just like a slot machine winning, right? Yeah. 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 But except nobody wins. <laughs> no, everyone's the loser there. Favorite opposing, uh, park to hit in. Uh, favorite opposing park to hit in has to be Philadelphia. I mm. hit really, really well there. Uh, great batter's eye, really small ballpark. They had good pitching. They always had a lot of lefties, so I got a lot of starts. And, uh, you know, when, when they had Jamie Moyer, who's flinging 82 miles an hour up there, it makes it, <laughs> it makes pretty decent hitting if you're, if you have slow bat speed like myself. So <laughs> it, it worked out for me really well to hit there. Uh, I love playing there because the fans are so obnoxious. But I think in general, um, you know, the West Coast teams that we play a lot in Colorado, San Diego, Dodger Stadium, and San Francisco, those are some of the best ballparks to play in. Mm. Uh, Dodger Stadium stinks to hit in because the batter's eye is really hard to see. Uh, and they always had just really good pitching. But the, the West Coast hitting is really hard. It's not easy to hit in San Francisco. It's not easy to hit at Dodger Stadium. It's not easy to hit at uh, Petco. And uh, yeah, Arizona's yeah. great, but Philadelphia was number one for me for sure. I always felt like Petco because we, my sister-in-law lived out there. I always felt like Rockies hitters got painted with uh, a really unfair brush because of the Coors Field advantage. I felt like that didn't work against San Diego pitchers the same way. Like right. they didn't get penalized for playing in that particular park. And I've seen games there. They were all like three to one, you know, like that type of game. But that was always enjoyable. I mean, because you knew going to those games that it was going to be a dogfight. Yeah. I mean, that's all players want. I mean, offensive players, we we want the score to be fifteen to nothing. We like we <laughs> want every guy on your lineup to get twelve hits, right? I mean, that's just that's how we are. We want a hit every single time we come up to the play. We want to boat race uh, another team, but we also love tight games. Love it because it's. Everything matters, you know. A, a pitch on the outside corner, a one-one count, um, that's that should be a ball. It's called a strike. You're really mad, you know. It's because it's like, hey, this game matters right here. It's a one-one game or it's a two-one game. Uh, you can't like every pitch really, really counts when it's fifteen to one. Yeah, your mind's just trailing off into your next bat and who are you going to face and if you can go get a fifth hit that day, <laughs> right? Uh, which is fun. It's fun, but it's not the same as playing where every pitch matters. Yeah, totally, for sure. Did you have a favorite pitcher? Like someone who you'd see the ball out of their hands, someone you faced regularly, and it just made sense to you. Yeah, I mean, going back to Jimmy Moyer, there, there's a couple guys. Uh, Dan Heron was a right-hander that I had success against. Oh, yeah, D-backs, right? Yeah, and uh, what was funny about Danny, Danny and I have history from – uh, from college. So he went to Pepperdine University. I went to UC Santa Barbara. Danny's wife, future wife, 
was was at UCSB and his best friend, um, a guy by the name of Jim Bullard, was my roommate. And so uh, we had a house in Goleta, which is outside of Isla Vista in Santa Barbara. And Danny Heron would live with us in, in the offseason after his first uh, season of professional baseball. He, he would come and work out, and then he would go see his girlfriend who was in a sorority. He couldn't stay with her. <laughs> is so he, is Goleta that little Dutch town? No, you're thinking Solvang. Oh, Solvang, right. Okay. Yeah, but uh, so Danny had lived with us. He lived in the garage, and uh, I would I would catch bullpens for him. And oh. he, as a result, he would also throw me batting practice. So... <laughs> I had the chance of, of knowing Danny's mechanics from college, you know, for, from an entire, you know, off season working out. So facing him at the major league level, it was, it was like your dad throwing to you. You like, you just knew how he threw. So I had a lot and it really made him mad because we, you know, we did buddies. Uh, like I crushed him. I, I really, I had great numbers off of him. He couldn't, he couldn't get me out. And wow. Good it, pitcher too. Yeah, he was a great pitcher, but I, I mean, I had the playbook. God, that's so, funny. Fair. Okay, uh, a couple of real short personal anecdotes. There was one time my dad used to work for a company that had tickets right by the dugout, so like in that clubhouse section. Mm-hmm. And I saw you standing on the edge of the dugout, and I was wondering why you weren't playing because you were hitting like over three hundred. And like earlier in the season, they did a mic'd up segment on Rockies All Access with you, where you're talking to Mike Gallego, and Gallego says to you, <laughs> he's like. Is it hard? Do you think it's hard to hit 300 at the major league level? You go, yeah. And he goes, imagine trying to stay at the major league level and hitting 200 like I did. And yeah, for 10 years. <laughs> which made me laugh. But I see you're not playing, and so Clint Hurdle's standing there, and I'm in these seats. So I go, Hurdle, why isn't Spilly in? Come on, put Spilly in. And you, you, you don't even look at me, but you stick your, your, your thumb up. And I go, come on, put Spilly in. You go, mm-mm, mm-mm. And you and you're putting your your hand down. The next day in the paper, I read you were out with like a back strain, <laughs> and I go, "Oh, so yeah, he's waving me off." Like, yeah, yeah. you're well intentioned, but shut up. Yeah, stop talking. Yeah, plus I need the manager to put me in when I'm good to go. And it's it's as a as an athlete, as a competitor, that you want to be out there every single day. Um, but also, if you're if you're realistic with your skill set. Um, you know, like there's times where I was like, yeah, I want to face that guy, put me in there. I could, I could crush him. And then you're, you're like, no, I, I can't, I can't <laughs> crush big PV. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, so we always, we always say as, as players, you don't want to get overexposed. Right. Uh, and, and one of the jokes is always bench me or trade me. Uh, cause I can't play every day. So. Gotcha. All right. Last story. Um, this takes place down in spring training. It's uh, it's like the last year the Rockies are in Tucson. We go down to Tucson Electric Park, some friends of mine and I. You're playing right field, and we're like in the grass right behind right field. And just out of nowhere, I just yell, Spilly! And like you weren't expecting it, so your back like straightened up. And so like I know you heard it, and I go, okay, that's really funny. Here's where the story is actually interesting. Later that night, we're at the Bashes up uh, by uh, Ventana Canyon. Mm-hmm. You come walking in, and we're, like me and my friends are kind of gawking at you. We're like, we just saw him this afternoon. What, what's he doing? Like way up this far north in Tucson, because you know it's not near the parks. And I thought about like yelling that that same way at you in the grocery store, <laughs> but I'm like, no, he's gonna think we're stalking him. That's. <laughs> 
that's going to be awful. And then you're coming out. You were just picking up like a bottle of wine or something. And we're driving away. We kind of see you cross in the parking lot. You look at us. And then we speed away. And I go, God, we're stupid. What? <laughs> what? Like, we should have just said hi, you know? Yeah, you have. So, but anyway, that's my little uh, <clears throat> spilly interaction story. And my wife is like, please don't tell that story. I go, yeah, well, you know it's going to happen. So Yeah, no, well, you know what's funny is often, I mean, people, because, it, you know, as, as a player and on television, you know, people, they, they want to say hi. And I've always encouraged, I was like, come say hi. I'm, right. not, I'm literally, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not anything. I'm like, I just, I happen to play baseball, which is something I loved. Uh, and I happen to play at a very high level. And I happen to be on your television, but it doesn't make me any better. It doesn't make me like any different. Um, if you meet me with my, my high school buddies, I'm literally exactly the same. If I'm with my family members, I'm the same. On television, I, I get it. I can ham it up. Like I can totally, you know, I understand when, when it's time to be funny. I understand when it's time to be serious. I get it. Um, but like you meet me in public, come say hi. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that I want to be. I'm a, I'm a dude from Santa Barbara. That's it. That's you know, awesome. Like, a dude from Santa Barbara. Well, dude, uh, I want to tell you, I appreciate both your work, your time as a player. I love watching you on TV and I appreciate you taking the time here, being so accessible, being so generous and not getting annoyed with my persistence once again, because that is huge. Yeah. This, this is the time on the show when we do plugs. So where can people find you? Twitter, anything you have to plug, please do it now. Uh, if you, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can, I don't know why you would, but it's at spillygoat19. Uh, I think it's the same on Instagram. Uh, but if you want to find me on the radio, I'm on Sirius XM on the MLB network radio. You'll need a subscription for that. Um, except right now Sirius XM is providing a uh, free membership that you would not be able to get uh, MLB network radio on your free membership, but you can listen to Sirius XM for free. Uh, you would just have to add on the sports package. So awesome. When I hear us on there, it's, we do a lot of cool stuff. There's some, uh, there's some good shows that we do. Well, Spilly really appreciate it. I know you got to get to your family and yeah. I, I, I can't wait until we're all in public again. Love to see you uh, say hi in person, but I'll look forward to seeing you on the TV back whenever we're doing that again. Sounds good, John. Right. Appreciate you being persistent. All right. Continued success to you. Thank you. And that wraps up episode 247 of the John of All Trades podcast with Ryan Spielborg's Spilly! Man, what a thrill, what a joy, what a pleasure, and what a cool dude. Seriously, I could not have been more thrilled with how that turned out. They say don't meet your heroes, but sometimes your heroes turn out to be really cool guys. I've always adored Spilly. I love his work. I loved his play. And I can't wait to continue watching him as soon as baseball comes back. I miss it dearly. So this is just a little slice for you. I hope you enjoyed it. John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communication. Check out Deft on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. In addition to this show, this is the flagship. I produce three other shows for organizations and individuals doing cool content that matters. You got something you want to produce? Hit me up. The email is J-O-N at D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. Our sponsor is 4Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. If you're doing anything on the web, whether you're building a website, doing a campaign, social media marketing, online advertising, and we're all doing all of that right now, are we not? Because the internet is our lives here in quarantine. Hit them up. They will help you do it better. Get your message in front of the people who need to see it most on the platforms they are on. The number four, 
D-E-G-R-E.es. I'm back here next week with someone else I adore. I told you it was a murderer's row. We're talking about something else that I love. It's fantastic. Stay up to date on the social media. J-O-A-T pod is the handle. Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. And until I hear you again next week, say goodnight, Gracie. That's good, Johnny.